0: Love it, love it. Coincidence, I love it, don't you? I've heard that the other week. I said, "Coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous." I like that. Coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous, and I like that. Yesterday we were Rosie's trying to trying. Yeah, she's kind of trying to learn her, like, how to ride a bike, isn't she? Bless her. And she's got it, she's kind of got like the, the staying up bit, and now it's kind of the other bits, where pulling the brakes and <laughs> trying to avoid lampposts. And we were sort of toying with the idea last night of going down to um, Koi Pool, weren't we, to go along the cycle path. For anyone who's been down on the cycle path, I know it's quite narrow, isn't it? It's not the widest. Of, and I'm thinking, we need to give, well, not just for Rosie, but for Joe on her bike as well, we need to give people a wide berth. <laughs> So we we went down to the car park there where the parking ride was, and there was um, Rosie was just like, kind of she'd almost gone backwards, not on her bike, but she kind of lost all confidence again. So we're trying to, and she just doesn't take advice from her dad. She won't take advice from you. She's kind of very not stubborn, a hard harsh word. That's kind of independent. independent. That's the word, Dave. In it. See, yeah, you got a bit more experience than me. I would say stubborn and annoying, but. <laughs> Independent, that's more of a politically correct word. So she was kind of getting her, you know, getting her bearings again, was she she, going around. Then Joe, I was having to say to Joe, now, ready? Now, you kind of, I'll give you a push, Joe, and you can go along and go off. And in the end, they were riding around. She was getting used. And I was aware of some guy, kind of the car park was pretty much empty. And I was aware of some guy in a um, cycling kit with a big, big expensive bike. And after about 20 minutes, he just sort of cycles down, and he says to me, have you got a pump, mate, like that, and, pardon? Like, so I said, no, I haven't. I'm really sorry, I haven't got a pump. I'm thinking his tires look pumped up pretty, pretty good. So I'm thinking, what, well, he doesn't need a pump. And then he just starts talking and talking. He says, yeah, yeah, I've just been on the hoe, he's going. He said, I was about to sail something up on the, on the hoe. And he said, and then these people with these placards, he's saying, saying, God loves you, he's going rot berries going like rolling his eyes as if I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, those blimmin' people. Oh, what are they? Oh, Those blimmin' people saying God loves you, you know, you know. He's like, yeah, I couldn't believe it, he's going. He's like, well, I was stood there and he's going, well, if they come over to me, he's going, then I'm going to tell them what for sort of thing he's going. So I was like, oh, yeah. I said, well, I, I would as well, definitely, mate. I, I said, what did you mention about that? that pump? I'll just go and see if i got one in the, in the boot. Hey? I'm joking. I'm, so in the end he says, um, he said, yeah, he said they they were they were just about to come over and he said I was about to tell them, you know, what for and then he went, it's just a whole, a whole bunch of it's a bunch of baloney in it. He's going like, you know, kind of what a load of rubbish and that he's going to me, isn't it? And I went, oh, at what point do I say I'm a leader of a church? <laughs> <laughs> this is getting really awkward. <laughs> this is awkward, Kazia, it's getting really awkward. So I'm thinking, well, I've got to try and make sure Rosie don't fall over off her bike. And I'm concerned about Joe falling over on it, And I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to have to say. I said, yeah. I said, it's funny, that, isn't it? I said, yeah. I said, well, I actually believe God is real. I'm going, and he sort of like, look, like this. I, I said, yeah. I said, um, I said, I'm one of the local pastors up at the community church. He's going, and he's like, and he went, oh. So I said, um, yeah. And I said, um, I said, I believe God loves you, like that. And we weren't expecting it. It was just this totally... And I was saying, this is not just a coincidence. And he he went, what do you mean? I said, well, you're saying, is God real? And you don't believe God's real? And I said, I believe this is a coincidence, not a a God moment. I said, I believe you... I said, you're not looking at Jesus, obviously. But I said, I believe Jesus can speak through me. And Jesus has brought you to this point today where this is a, a God encounter for you. And he sort of just went, well, see you later then, mate, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually, he, he followed us on Facebook last night. I said, you want to come up? So, he's, yeah, we'll see what God does with that. But God's coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Yeah. Even in a koi pool car park, yeah. you need to be switched on with your ears to think, God, what, yeah, are, you, what are you doing here? What, why are they saying this? Why are they saying that? Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Love it, bless him, Lord. We pray for him, Lord, that yeah. you would save him, and that wasn't just a coincidence. Even if it gave me five minutes peace from Rosie on the body, <laughs> it was worth. It. Oh dear, oh dear. Thank you, Lord. We've um, we're updating our membership details. Ooh, membership. Did you bring the little? It's like oh, isn't it? We've we've recreated a little membership booklet. So we're 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 in the process of. encouraging and and inviting some members we need to have membership in this church for the charity commission and so if you're not a member and you'd like to be a member of this church for the benefits etc you want to come and chat we can do that aren't we in the next few weeks a process of time if you're already a member and some of you may not even realize you're a member but go way back then we need to update some of our details for contact details now i know some of you it's not compulsory you don't have to give us your mobile number but there have been occasions where some people have wanted to get in contact and we haven't got any contact details. For you. So what we would ask is we would like if you could pass your contact details if you want to. We'd obviously, we've got data protection in place. It's not compulsory, but we would like you to be able to have your details that, that we can do that. Yeah. So that's great. We're going to be doing that in the coming weeks, updating our membership. Um, also, if you want prayer... On a Sunday, if you want prayer, I want you to be able to connect and speak to the elders as well. So not just me and Rob. I'm conscious on a Sunday after the meeting that some people go out and they haven't been able to speak to either me or Rob. And we have got an eldership team. So we've got um, Dave, one of our elders. okay, And we've got Trevor, one of our elders. And we've got Terry, one of our elders. So you can get to one of those people okay, and say, hey, I just need prayer. All right, so that's, that's at the end of the meeting, at the beginning of the meeting. If it's not me and Rob, that's our eldership team. We've got our extended eldership team. So we've got Lee, Chris, and John Clift. So again, if you can't get to one of those guys, then you can go and speak to one of them. Yeah. There's a crossing over here. In verse 3, it goes on to say, to console those who mourn. There's an exchange. There's a crossing over from one place to another place. To give them beauty for ashes. Some of us are crossing over from a place where there have been ashes to beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility But there's a crossing over. There's a crossing over from captivity to freedom. From darkness to light. From brokenness to healing. Because we're crossing over. We're crossing over. Why are we crossing over? If you look at the end of verse 3, it's something that we tend to kind of stop. Just before there, but it says that that they, that's you, that they may be called trees, oak trees, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Yes, Lord, that you may be called a tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Who's doing the planting? The Lord. 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 That takes the pressure off me. Takes the pressure off you. Because you've been planted, Sophia. You've been planted by the Lord. It's the Lord that does the planting. Why does he do the planting? So that he may be glorified. It's not about you and your world. It's about him and he's planted you as a tree of righteousness. That he may be glorified. And we looked last week, didn't we? About the three types of glory. There's the ascribed glory. There's the manifest glory. And there's the intrinsic glory. That God is glory. He doesn't need Our glory this morning, he didn't need us worshipping, he didn't need to receive that. But what he does is he loves it when we worship him. That's the ascribed glory. And he loves that. Can you imagine the God of all glory, eternal, who spoke life into being, doesn't need glory. But he loves it when you can lift your hands, like Rob said, in a place of absolute brokenness. Of not understanding, Nora, but you can say, hey, God, I worship you. Whether you do or whether you don't, you are worthy. That's the ascribe glory, and God loves it. I almost get the picture of there's a a sweet-smelling aroma, like Jenny, that nice, sweet-smelling aroma. (laughs) A shower. (laughs) (laughs) But when we... (laughs) Don't be so offended, brother. (laughs) That there's a sweet smelling aroma as we worship and as we glory God our Father. Can you get that picture this morning of how much he loves that? That he loves it? He's not sat up there with his arms folded, a bit like Pete sat there with a (laughs) frown on his face because someone else has said his wife smells nuts. He's not sat up there like that. God's not sat there with a frown on his face thinking well come on then I've blessed you get on with it and worship me and pray he's not like that he wants us willingly to come willingly to come and worship him what a privilege it is to come in this place what a privilege it is to be in this place where you're loved you know I was with a a. a a guy yesterday who's leading a church and is looking not good at all, really dire. He's not getting the support or the love from a church. And I said, after I come away, my heart was broken a bit. And I thought, God, you've got to step in and do something. But I was, what I came away with saying, I'm so thankful and we're so thankful that we are loved in this place. We are cared for in this place. I don't ever want to take that for granted. And I know we banter and we... But I want to tell you, we love you guys. Us as a leader, we love you guys. We care for you. We're invested in you. Don't you believe that we're not praying for you during the week? I'm so grateful for this place. That you're planted. Planting of the Lord. And then verse 4, look at this. Kind of pivots a bit. And it says that they shall rebuild the old ruins. Uh, Wow, that's a promise, isn't it? uh. They shall (laughs) rebuild. What are you laughing for? (laughs) Why have you? (laughs) The old we got. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to rebuild the old ruins. (laughs) They shall raise up the former desolations. What's desolation there? See, that's it's a. It's a picture of a barren landscape. Something where trees have been cut down. Can you see the picture yeah, where... God, that, just that deforest one. a bit like Armada Way. Yeah, yeah. I was, wasn't going to mention Armada Way. <laughs> but if you can imagine desolation. Would, that's what desolation it says. It, that in here, God's promise is that we're going to raise up the desolations. You've been raised up. There was a barren land. You've been planted, laid waste, empty, cut down, despair, ruin. Yes, that may be a reflection of some of us at the moment, but I want to tell you, you're planted of the Lord because he says you will be trees of righteousness. That's interesting, isn't it? Where it says about desolation, can you see where it says about being cut down? But what I see is a crossing over. In that there is an area of space where there's planting, there's fruitfulness, there's thriving, there's purpose. Because he's going to get the glory. He's going to get the glory. From despair to hope. That's where we're crossing over. Because you, not your person next to you, and say, You, hey, you, you are a tree of righteousness. (laughs) You. I won't go as far as saying you're an old ruin, but. (laughs) Because you're planting of the Lord in a barren place. Who's doing the planting? The master gardener. And when he's doing the planting, he's doing the planting. I can rest in that. I can rest secure that he's doing the planting from desolation to restoration. Isn't that the word that we've been going through that says everything about that word, that prophetic word, being restored, being repaired? Oh, Jesus. I like what Job, reading a really good book, mum's lent me this book. I can recommend it. Nearly finished it. I don't know. I, I'm a slow reader. I like to be. I like to think things through. I'm not one of those like. Anybody see the film Short Circuit? You remember, yeah. Short Circuit, where he just like, like that. That's a bit like Mike Allen. That's the way Mike Allen reads a book, isn't it? You're a bit. You can scan, speed read, and stuff. I, oh, yes, I can speed read, <laughs> yeah, speed read. But I'm not a speed reader. Right? I like to read slow. I like to take my time with a book, and especially when it's. I like big print. Okay? <laughs> But Good Catastrophe, Benjamin Windle, absolutely brilliant guy, never heard of him before, I had a little look on his podcast, Australia, he's had so many traumatic things happen in his life and it's brought him to, to write this book, Good Catastrophe, highly recommend it and I'm reading through it at the moment and it kind of doesn't go together, does it? It kind of seems opposites and how can it be a good catastrophe that doesn't quite make sense? But I want to encourage you to take a look because it talks about hope. The tide-turning power of hope. Good catastrophe. And it's not that long. You, can, you might be able to borrow it, if you like, from after, after me. I think Godfrey wants to read it. Doesn't uh, Godfrey, so formal orderly key. But you can get it as well. I highly recommend it. Brilliant stuff. And it's interesting in there. There's a part in there about Job. And when I looked through with Job this week, you can turn there. Have a quick, have a look, quick look. Job 14, please. Interestingly, Job... Okay, you, you, most of us know the story of Job, yeah? Where everything was, was, he, was on the, he was on the mountain, kind of everything was going well, and then suddenly, all in one day, everything stripped away. Everything. And I looked through for the word hope in the Bible. Now, you would expect the book of Psalms to have the, the most words on hope, and it is, but the second book in the Bible where the word hope is mentioned the most is in the book of Job, interestingly, that's interesting to me. You would think it would be despair. It would be what I've lost. This, you know, kind of more looking down on things. But actually, the book of Job has got the second most references to hope in the entire Bible. That, that encourages me. And in Job 14, right in the middle of the title on my, um, on my, on my head in here, my nice Bible is it says Job's despondent prayer. Job's hopeless prayer. And right in the middle of chapter 14, verse 7, it says this. (laughs) Somebody's already seen it. It says, for there is hope. And that's the title of my message this morning. There is hope. Is he? Oh, yeah, he's got it all well done. <laughs> I like that. Look at that little shoot, though. Bless it. <laughs> there is hope for a tree. You are a tree, a tree of righteousness. You're a tree, Dave. You're not, he's not looking. Good. <laughs> You're a tree. For so there is hope for a tree. For if it is cut down, Tree stump. If it's cut down, feeling a little bit cut down today, then it will sprout again. It will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease, though its root may grow old. We've got a few old roots in this. (laughs) All right, all right. right. Anybody feeling a bit like an old root this morning? (laughs) Though its root may grow old in the earth. That's my <laughs> And its stump may die in the ground. <laughs> Come and make us happy, don't uh, anyway. uh, Where's Robert? It's all right, he's on next week. Uh, <laughs> Though its stump may die in the ground. Look at verse nine. Yet, nudge the person next to you. Not too hard, Leanne, okay? Nudge Kezia and say yet. Hey, not too hard, all right? Bless her. She's a little shoot. She's going to bud again, all right? And you're wearing green, look. Yeah, that's good color. Going to sprout again. You're a tree of righteousness, says. Yet, at the scent That aroma, (laughs) (laughs) at the scent, at the scent of water, it will bud. At the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. At the scent of water, you're going to bud. And bring forth branches like a plant. See, the scent of what does water smell like? At very best, it's subtle, isn't it? When it rains. Can you remember when it rained? (laughs) We've done all the guttering now, and it probably never will rain (laughs) ever. It's probably not going to rain for another. It's like Noah, kind of the reverse. It's not going to rain for 40 days. But the the scent of water is subtle. See, it could have, anybody like coffee. We had a really lovely coffee at Matthew and anne Marine's in the week. Oh, lovely. Lovely buns as well. Oh, they, I was raving to, to Rob and Wendy. It was lovely. Oh, butterfly cake. Rosie scoffed it. It was lovely. We had a lovely coffee and the aroma from that coffee. It was beautiful. See, you could have said here at the scent of coffee or at the scent of a rose it will bud again. But at the scent of water... And this is, this is part of the book. I don't, I'm not even getting any royalties for advertising this book. But there's a part in here where it says that there's actually research done where trees can actually detect water. And you say, yeah, I know that. But stumps, a tree stump that's been cut down, that is, that is basically dying, it says that they can detect water. Discover, they can even hear water. Now, I don't know how they know that trees can hear the sound of water. I don't know what instruments they're doing to to do. But they said their research has found that the trees can actually sense vibrations in the ground to pick up the scent of water, running water, in the soil. And then what they do, they don't just do that. (laughs) They don't just do that. They go further than that. They allow their roots to grow towards the source of the water. <laughs> Can you get the picture? Incredible. And people say it's just a big bang. It just happened by accident. The tree allows its roots to go towards and pick out the source of water. It's called hydrotopism. That's a, big, that's a good one for scrabble. Anyone that? <laughs> Hydrotropism. See, Job had observed something. Job had observed something. To be able to, to write this, three verses, in the middle of hopelessness, in the middle of despair, in the middle of desolation, he wrote, he wrote this. At the center, he had observed something. In the middle of despair, spiritually, he had observed something. That gives me great hope. That should give you great hope today. That in the middle of something, observe something spiritually to say, hey, hey, if a tree can grow and sense where water's coming from and stretch itself towards that, the possibility, perhaps my soul, perhaps. Our souls can grow and stretch and move towards the source of water, the source of life, the source of hope. To put your roots down, your roots have got to go deep. Your roots have got to go deep in his word. Wendy mentioned it the other Wednesday. How do I know? Because I took some notes. (laughs) See, I... Trying to get back in your good books. (laughs) We love you. He said, if you don't get your roots down deep enough in the word, then you're not going to survive when the storm hits. You won't survive when the storm hits unless your roots go down deep into knowing who God is and who he says you are. See, for Job, those three verses, he says, for there is hope. Even at the scent of water, the faintest aroma. That's what I want for this church. Is that when trouble comes, we know where the scent of water comes from His Word and His Spirit. See, this is one of the problems with this generation. Rob's mentioned it already. Is that this generation? I heard something the other day where it said two-thirds of our children that grow up in church walk away and leave. Two-thirds of the church's kids that grow up in church walk, grow up, walk away and leave. That that's sobering to me. But this is this is globally they're talking. So you can put on all the big. You know, crusades, you can put on all the big functions, but the children, the the kids, the teens, they're still walking away. What does that say to me? The the research that they said they found on a lot of this was that they were saying that people don't understand why bad things happen to good people. That's the crux, a lot of people, why people walk away. And I'm not even talking people that are young. I know older people that have walked away. Of saying, "Well, God, why is this? Why does bad things happen to good people?" But when you look at Job's life, he understood that the mountains actually produce valleys, isn't it? That's one of mine. Right? I'm having that. mountains produce valleys. Think about it. If there isn't a mountain, you're not going to have a valley. They go together. The purpose and the pain, the blessing and the breaking. We sung it this morning. There has to be an understanding that just because we become a Christian doesn't mean it's plain sailing. No. No. But for younger people who see that and say, well, why is this bad thing happened? And it obviously must mean God's not real. When it couldn't be further from the truth. It's in the both. You can't have the mountain without the valley. They go together. You look at it often in Abraham's life. What about Abraham? What about Jacob? What about Joseph? Do you think Joseph would have got to where he was in God if he hadn't been accused falsely and thrown into a pit? What about Jabez? You remember Jabez? Good old Jabez. We did a whole. There's a whole thing on that, wasn't there? Jabez' prayer, one Chronicles four. Have a look at it this afternoon. But do you think Jabez would have prayed that prayer of blessing? Do you think he would have prayed that prayer of blessing unless he would have been called pain? If he had been born in pain, if he had caused pain, it was for the pain that was caused that he prayed that prayer. They go together. If it hadn't been for that, who knows what he would have, he wouldn't have prayed that. Who knows where his life would have been? Who knows? We would have never got that verse in the Bible unless he had been born in pain, unless he had caused some pain along the way. It's in blessing and breaking. See, light always overcomes darkness. He's taken us from darkness into light. Light always overcomes darkness. Aren't you pleased? Light overpowers darkness. Darkness. And I read this, it says that the human eye is attuned to see light, that if the earth was flat, and we're not going into that debate, (laughs) but if the earth was flat, our eyes would be able to see a flicker of light from 20 miles away. Can you believe that? That's like Plymouth to Totnes. I saw a little flicker of a light in Totnes. Oh, that's. A <laughs> <sighs> you can see a flicker of light from 20 miles away. Isn't that. In- huh? <laughs> a flicker of light from a candle 20 miles away. See, in the same way, hope overpowers fear. And my soul has an inbuilt anticipation of good that looks and sees hope and can search out hope from 20 miles away, from a distance. Even a flicker of hope. Can you see just a flicker of hope today? Can you sense that flicker of hope in the distance that we're crossing over? No matter where you are on your journey, we're crossing over That flicker of hope, that flicker of light in the darkness. Bill Bright said this, American evangelist, he said, With Christ, life is an endless hope. But without Christ, life is a hopeless end. I like that. That's sobering, isn't it? That if you don't know Jesus today, that your life is a hopeless end... Without Jesus? Life is meaningless without Jesus. But with Christ, life is an endless hope. An endless hope. And I'll come into a close with this. See, Paul talks about our hope being an anchor, doesn't he? Our anchor. You see, and you don't see an anchor when it's working, do you? talking to the boatman now look you don't see an anchor when it's working but it's working beneath the surface yeah. and it's fastened secure to the surface but you don't see it working the same way as very often you don't see god working sometimes in the distance behind the scenes but it's working, it's working. my hope is an anchor you see not every season is about progress Not every season in your life is about progress. Sometimes the biggest win is just standing firm. The biggest win in your life sometimes is just standing firm, letting that anchor not move you. Standing firm to what God has said, that anchor of hope. Sometimes the biggest win is not progress, it's just staying firmly where God said. Be your life. Let's stand to our feet, please. Because in one Peter, can we sing a, can we sing a song before we, is that possible? We'll go out with a garment of praise. on. see, this is what Peter says. One Peter. He had learned a thing or two about hope, hadn't he? Peter, he had learned a thing or two. This is what 1 Peter 1, 13 says. Peter says that you can rest, you can hang your hope fully upon his grace. And I want you to hear that this morning. You can hang your hope fully upon his grace today as an anchor. Frame your faith. Hang your hope. If things are looking a little bit despair, if things are looking a bit not sure which way's up or down at the moment, I want to tell you, there is a scent of water. There is a scent of water in this place where allow your roots, your life to search out, your soul to cling on to that source of life that you can hang your hope on. Peter, at the end of his life, For everything he'd done, got to the place where he could write that. He had learned a thing or two about hope. In me and my house, my life, I want to hang my hope fully on Jesus. Like you would a coat when you come home. Or whatever it is, a scar, when you can be your car keys. And you come through that front door, you can hang your hope. In assurance to say, hey God, I'm home. I'm secure in you. Let's just close our eyes, please. We're going to go out in this place putting on our garment of praise. But I want to tell you that there is a hope. There is hope. There is hope. You have been planted by the Lord for such a time as this. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that for people here that needed to hear this word this morning, that, Lord, the soil of their heart would be soft. That, Lord, that seed would be planted. It would be planted and that that seed would seek out your hope. That it would seek out your spirit. It would seek out your word to bring life. That Lord, today where there may be despair, there can be hope. Where there's desolation, there can be restoration. Because we're crossing over, because you are in our boat. You are in our boat and you hold the words of life. You hold the words of life this morning. And so Jesus, we... We give our lives to you again. We give our lives to you again in this place. Can you say amen to that this morning?